Hey everyone, in this episode, I sit with Ryan McCauley and go over how he has become a top producer in such a short period of time. It's an amazing story and you're not gonna wanna miss it. Chase betterment, chase personal development, professional development, and you will ultimately win. There's no losing with that. It's not degrees, it is an unwavering, relentless pursuit. Those who refuse to give up, that's it. Welcome to Thrive Well with Jess Woodbeck. We personally love to showcase like the reality of a right. situation versus just like, I'm a badass agent, everything's great all <laughs> right. the time. Like, yeah. you know, like everyone knows that's, that's not, not true, no. right? So just be honest about, you know, we're making babies and yeah, I'm hustling sure. real estate and sometimes it gets chaotic. Yeah, definitely. So, um, so I didn't really plan on going into real estate. It just kind of happened. So I actually, um, you know, after high school, I had a pretty good job and was debating if I should go to college or I was already making pretty good money and then 9-11 happened. So I joined the army Oh. and, uh, so I was active duty. I was a 19 Delta, which is a cavalry scout. And, uh, what, what their job is, is recon. Basically our job, we we're trained to go behind enemy lines and gather intelligence, report back to HQ, that kind of stuff. Wow. So, um, I was planning on going into law enforcement. I was telling Justin about that. I have a lot of respect for you know him being a, a Detroit cop for 15 years, and yeah. um, so I got out of the army and was uh, you know got a job working in retail sales at President Tuxedo in the wedding industry, helping people pick out suits and tuxes for their weddings and proms and all that. And it was just something to pay the bills while I was going to school. I was going to go for uh, criminal justice and go oh, okay. going to law enforcement and ended up having and had never worked retail sales before and just really enjoyed it and caught on quickly and moved up the ranks quickly and I said you know what I think I have I think this is my calling so switch majors uh, into business and management and start taking those kind of classes and um, but yeah, I worked my way up the corporate ladder. I ended up being at President Tuxedo for 12 years. You know, wow. Um, before I left there, I was a district manager. Um, had about nine stores that I supervised. and um, But it transitioned really well into real estate because it's very detail-oriented. People, it's, it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing when people get married. Mm -hmm. they, maybe on a handful, you know, they can count on one hand how many times they get married. Same thing with real estate. They buy or sell a house, you know, maybe one or two times. You know, most people. Um, so it's very detail-oriented. And actually, I was uh, working one day and a, a customer came in it was the mother of the bride who okay. uh, happened to be a team leader at a brokerage and she's you know and she's like you're a sharp guy I was wearing a suit I had a few books under the counter on sales whenever it was slow and there was no customer I'll just sit there and read you know I love to read and um, she's like you know here's my card you should think about getting your license and I had always been interested in real estate and thought about it never really pursued it and uh, yeah, I would just sometimes I'd be bored and just go on like a Coldwell Banker website and like look at homes just million dollar yeah. homes it's like the motivation you know and uh, I was like, yeah, you know, so I took the class, got my license and was just going to do it part time for, you know, supplement my income that I was making. And it was really hard to do part time because right. you got to be available when people want to see houses. And uh, so that first year part time or, yeah, the first year part time was kind of rough. But anytime there was a class or a webinar or seminar, I just would sign up and try to absorb and learn as much as I could. And eventually took that leap of faith and went full time and uh you know, started, you know, doing a lot better than I was doing when I was part-time for sure. Yeah, so, I bet. Yeah. How and was that first year for you? For anyone that's listening, how was the transition from a secure job, which I'm sure had some sales bonuses around it, like mm. most sales forces, but yeah. then moving into commission only as an agent, what was that first year like? 
So the first year, that, that was the scary part because there's no safety net. There's no guaranteed paycheck every two weeks. Um, so, and my wife was actually against it. And that's a, another thing that makes it hard is when you're, you know, doing it on your, you're trying to go out on your own and, and be entrepreneurial. And then, you know, instead of being supportive, my wife was kind of like, I don't know if this is a good idea. You know, sure. it's scary because she's worried about the bills too. And um, so I just had to have that grit and that determination and just, you know, I kept telling her it's going to pay off. It's going to pay off. And eventually once those commissions checks started rolling in, she's like, oh, wow. okay. Yeah, maybe it is going <laughs> to yeah. pay off. Okay. Yeah. So um, it made sense and it just got easier and easier. But I'm kind of glad that I eased into it the way I did because diving in headfirst, full time, right off the bat would have been tough. It gave me time to not only learn, but um, build my database, you know, really put together a list of friends, family my sphere of influence those kind of things so that way when I did go full time I already knew what I had to do then I just had to do it you yep. know so yep. you were ready to rock and roll yeah. so how long have you been doing this full time so I went full time in 2018 I got my okay. license in 2017 went full time in 2018 so nice yeah. nice yeah. well and you've been through some things yeah the global pandemic is no small feat to conquer as a commission only agent especially when we were non-essential mm-hmm. limited on how we could do things so What'd you do? What'd you do during this period? Yeah, definitely. So um, when, so 2018, I did, I don't know, I did a, a pretty good. It wasn't a full year. 2019, I did 28 units. Um, and then 2020, nice. my goal was to do 50. But um, so when COVID hit, a lot of agents, what I noticed is they scaled back. They cut back on their spending and their marketing. Um, I was waitlisted for a few different lead sources that I was waiting on certain zip codes and all of a sudden when COVID hit, I started getting phone calls like, hey, yeah. we got availability, we got this and that. And <clears throat> I actually did the opposite of what most agents did is I, I doubled down and, and wanted to capture more market share. So I just had tunnel vision. I had blinders okay. on. I'm like, I'm not going to I'm not going to reduce my goals and scale back like I'm going to hit that 50, whether we're in a pandemic or not. Like I just yeah. didn't let anything try to slow me down. And that's really what helped me have a really good year in 2020. And then that momentum built into a good year in 2021 too. So, that's amazing. Yeah. So when you look back at when you had to face the fear of, I'm not going to slow down. I mm-hmm. see all of you slowing down. I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. What is the one thing you could recommend to an agent that's looking at a different fear? Maybe it's joining real estate. Maybe it's mm-hmm. overcoming a year that wasn't so fruitful. Right. What is that one piece of grit that you could give to somebody to say, just keep going. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, you got to have a big why. You know, I know I've read the Gary Keller book, The One Thing, and, uh, you know, I'm really big on my why. My, I call it F5, my fam- family, financial freedom, and fun father. You know, and I can't be a fun father if I'm never around. I, I want to have a little bit of freedom. And so just knowing what your big why is and knowing your strengths and weaknesses and, and how to pivot, you know. So, um, you know, when, when things come up that are unexpected, like, like COVID or whatever the case may be, is knowing how to pivot. Like I was really, I was just at that time, right before COVID hit, I was getting really good at getting buyers to meet with me at the office for a formal buyer's consultation. I had my consultation down to a science, it was working. And then boom, COVID hit. So most people didn't want to meet face-to-face, you know, for a consultation. So I had to adapt and get really good with Zoom. I had to learn how to do a Zoom consultation or a Zoom listing appointment or how to have them e-sign the buyer's agency or the the listing uh, paperwork. And I tried, I really tried to get those buyer's agency agreements signed before 
they write an offer. I know a lot of agents, they'll just show them houses and show them houses, and then once they make an offer, they have them sign the buyer's agency right. along with the offer. I try to get that commitment from, from the get-go, basically. I love so, that. Yeah. So to me, what that represents is a skill set, mm-hmm. right? Most people that try and kind of bury that agency agreement in between all the layers of paperwork yeah, and slide, slide it, it across in. the table, yep. um, it just lacks a skill. That's all. And mm-hmm. it, it's really... I don't feel that it's necessarily the agent's problem. It's because mm-hmm. they were never taught how to properly put expectations for the client, hold expectations for your career. Who do yeah. you want to be as an agent? Do you want to mm-hmm. be a mediocre agent or do you want to be an elite consultant of real estate? Right. And I think that's the differentiator between, no, I sit down and I give expectations, whether it's on Zoom during a global pandemic or in person before that. Yeah, for sure. I love that. Yeah. And so what I'm hearing, I think, is the number one thing you would tell somebody at any choice point in this career is just keep adapting yeah no yeah keep adapting keep growing I'm very learning based I'm always you know a lot of agents they get their license and then besides that they do their con ed and that's about it per year like I am always trying to learn more and grow any way I can I listen to a lot of audiobooks while I drive you know I have audible and um, but yeah it's just knowing how to adapt and pivot when things come up like that and just knowing yourself and, and what kind of agent you want to be, like you said. And I know you've mentioned before that, you know, most like 80, 85 percent of agents are out within the first two years. Yeah. And the ones that make it. And uh, this is something the guy who taught my licensing class mentioned is it's the ones who have the grit and the determination. And that's something that was in the back of my mind, too, when COVID hit is like, you know, you got to have that grit and determination to keep going. And um and I treat every client the same. And it was the same thing in President Tuxedo, whether they were whether it was a 20-person wedding party and they got the top-notch tuxedo or it was a low-budget you know, wedding and they got the cheapest tuxedo. It's the same thing in real estate. I've had clients buy million-dollar homes and I've had clients buy $50,000 investment properties and I give them the same level of service. It's not about you know, how it affects me financially. Right, it's not it's about a, counting a, your pennies. Right, exactly. It's If you deliver that consistent level of service every time, that's how you're going to get reviews and referrals and build your business. Um, so that's kind of my philosophy on yeah, that. Yeah, I think that's smart. And that goes along with our belief system at Thrive Realty Co. Justin actually had a client one time that was an $80,000 client. And mm-hmm. we had marketed this $80,000 listing. So we yeah. were receiving tons of people looking for $80,000 properties. Right. Right? Makes yeah. sense. Well, that listing stayed on the market, unfortunately, for 90 days. So oh, okay. we had filled an entire pipeline of $80,000 buyers and sellers. Yeah. And we have the same philosophy. You treat everybody the same. It doesn't yeah. matter what their budget is. It doesn't matter how quickly they're looking to move. Yeah. We are the same professional with every client. So this $80,000 client never ended up buying a home. We showed uh. this particular client no less than... I don't want to say 30, maybe 40 homes at the time. This is when you were just showing, 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 showing. That same client within one year referred 2 million in business. Wow. Yeah. Never bought with us and then became an agent. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, you never know. And joined our our firm. So I think that philosophy just speaks to the kind of human you are, rather the real estate agent, right? I'm just a good person. So of course I'm going to treat everybody fairly. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's the platinum rule. You know, we all know the golden rule, treat others the way that you want to be treated Mm -hmm. or, but, um, I, I like the platinum rule is treat people the way they want to be treated because I'm pretty easy to please. If I treat everybody the way I want to be treated, that's not a very high level. I'm pretty easy going. <laughs> so if I treat everybody the way they want to be treated, it, it just, it reciprocates. It comes back to you. Yeah. And same, you know, similar to the story you mentioned with the $80,000 buyer, that's how I had that million dollar sale. It was a, a past client who 
bought a $300,000 house, and then a year later he sold it and moved out of state. Well, then he wanted to move back to Michigan, and he came mm-hmm. back with a new wife, and she made a lot of money. They wanted <laughs> nice. a million-dollar house, so you never know. And um, I've had, I, mm-hmm. I actually have a client who's a young investor, and I'm so impressed with this girl. She's only 21, 22 years old, and she, I've helped her buy four properties. She bought her nice. first one when she was 18 on auction.com. And then I've, since then, I've helped her buy four more. So she's only 21 or 22 and has five rental properties. And I met her on floor time. You know, she was a floor time thing and was looking and she looks at 50,000 or less in in Warren, you know, cash deals. So not a high price point, but it's, she's just buying all these houses over and over. It's a a long-term relationship. Same thing with uh, present tuxedo. When people come in for tuxedos, they're not just in and out, buy a pair of jeans, you never see them again. You actually build friendships and relationships with them because a lot of them book a year in advance so okay. over the course of that year you really get to know your clients and, yeah fill and that, in their closet yeah exactly yeah yep. so you build that pipeline well, and you said something that i loved so much i'm so impressed with her and this is your own client that you're helping create wealth for yep. and you're just sitting on the sidelines going how cool is this yeah. i'm impacting her life for the better and she's so young imagine yeah. what she can do with that yeah. i know whenever we look at building portfolios for people and it's for young folks like that yep. i always think like gosh I wish I would have done that Same when thing. I was yeah. 20, when I was 22. That would have been amazing. Yeah. But here I, we are to do it for other people. Yeah, right? I said the same thing. I was like, I wish I would have done that when I was your age. And she's on the right path. I was like, by the time you're 30, you're going to have a huge portfolio. Huge. And, um, and, you know, she's a single mom. I'm just really proud of her. And it's nice seeing yeah. people, you know, impact their lives, like you said. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's great. And you're a part of that story. Yeah, exactly. That's amazing. Okay, so what's the next 10 years of your career look like? So next 10 years, I mean, I, I just want to, you know, continue being productive and and I enjoy that's the thing is I enjoy being in production I enjoy helping buyers and sellers showing houses doing listings and but I also help um, others grow and you know I like teaching and coaching and help those around me Um, so I'd like to grow you know not only grow myself but help the agents with all the other agents and thrive grow too and, uh, you know, I just want to keep learning as much as I can. And I, I'm big on designations. I have a few of them, but I want to get more. Like I have my ABR and my SRS nice. and RENE. Um, my next one I want to get is my CRS. Nice. Um, I would like to get my broker's license and be an associate broker just to have it for the knowledge. And yes. the credibility that it brings within the industry when you're a broker and things like that. But I don't really want to start my own brokerage or anything like that. But, yeah, uh, but yeah next 10 years just providing for my family you know I have a wife and kids and just want to provide a good life for them my goal was always to provide a better life for my kids than I had growing up because I you know grew up in a blue collar you know pretty uh you know poor family pretty much so yeah yeah. everyone's got a backstory which usually is what right rides them into the future of what they're going to become one way or the other good or bad so I love that you took it and said hey I've learned I want to do it differently so speaking of your family you have three kids one on the way so I have heard time and time again people always ask me this question because I'm a mom of three Mm -hmm. I've had babies while being in this industry Mm -hmm. Um, how can you be in that industry and still have kids how can you be in that industry and still serve your family don't you need to work nights and weekends so what can you tell people that would be listening what that really is like? So it is tough, you know, and, uh, and there are a wide variety of, of ages, too. My oldest is 16. She's in high school. I have mm-hmm. a 7-year-old who's in second grade. Um, 
the 16 year old kind of does her own thing i don't you know she doesn't really need much time or attention she's independent for the most part but the younger ones are they they're they cling to daddy when i am home so yeah um but yeah the seven-year-old uh, her name's chloe uh, my six-year-old her name's alana and then my son connor he's three years old um and he's a daddy's boy too so it is in my home office is in the basement so sometimes when i'm home and i'm trying to get stuff done they, they come downstairs and they want to they want to yeah, yes. play and yeah. stuff and um but yeah we uh and we have a fourth one on the way. My wife's due in August, and uh, that was kind of unexpected. We went to uh, Miami back in November for a friend's wedding, and I think that's had kind a of, really good time. Had a really good time. I think that's how <laughs> yes. it happened. But uh, yeah, congratulations! That's thank, exciting. Thank you for sure. But it's you got to have the right support system at home, and it's hard. Um, the thing that makes it easier is my wife doesn't work. She's a stay-at-home mom. She basically holds down the fort, takes care of the kids. So if I need to go out and do showings, or if I need to go do anything, like she can stay there with them and. Um, but when I am home, they're like, oh, daddy's home, yeah, you know, so, yeah. um, but yeah, she, she definitely, uh, takes care of a lot, you know, and I, you know, I help around the house as much as I can, but it's kind of just a lot to juggle. You just gotta, it's all about time management, it you, is. Know, you know, not just in real estate, but at home too, you yes. know, time blocking that time to do some chores and whatever, you know, so clean the um, toilets, the whole nine laundry. Yeah. I don't know about you, but family of having three children, I feel the laundry's never ending. Yeah, for sure. It's just never ending. Yeah. It just never yeah. stops. It it's just doesn't. The it's just always smaller, going. But, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's but, amazing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I love that because I think that's um, important. It sounds like the glue that has allowed you to flourish in your career is that your partner is so active and helpful and supportive, which I talk all the time about real estate being a lifestyle career yep. and that that home support, whether that is your parents from afar or mm. your spouse or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your wife, yeah. um, that them understanding what you're looking to achieve and the reasons behind the achievement and yeah. what this industry feels like for you to be in as an agent is yeah. critical to an agent's success. Yeah, for it's, sure. I always encourage brokerages or teams to include spouses as often as, pos- as, often as possible, even right. if the plus one's mom or the plus one's grandma, whoever you live with that's supporting yeah. you, so that they can really get a glimpse at, oh, this is real. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. So it requires you do what? It gets them on board. For yeah. Sure. And, and they really get it. Mm-hmm. And where I was at before, they didn't allow plus one. So I missed out on the gala you guys had Saturday. Yeah. But when I saw that you were allowed to have a plus one, I was like, oh, wow. I yes. told my wife and she's like, oh, uh, well, we got to find a sitter. And she's just very yeah. cautious with COVID. So she didn't want to go. But yeah, um, yeah I sense. do look forward to other you know events and stuff and getting her to see the, you know, to enjoy the fruits of it. And instead of just seeing the work, she sees me doing all the work. Yeah. So I can see some of the fruits of our labor and the things we're doing and, and get that, that buy-in, you know, and that's huge too. But like I said, that first year she was a little bit not on board because I, I was paying like the monthly, like the hundred dollar fees or whatever per right. month. And she just seen it as a bill. She's like, Oh, you're doing all this, but Doesn't you're, make sense. you're paying money. You're not making money, but you got to zoom out and look at the big picture in the, in the long run. I was like, you know, you got to just like for any new agents that are getting into it, you got to, um, and it's not for everybody. Some people it just, it just doesn't, yeah. you know, it, you have to really have that, that fire and desire for it. But, um, but yeah. Yeah, I would say fire, desire, and discipline. Yeah. If you have zero discipline in your life, it's going to be one of the most challenging careers that you could ever go after. Yeah, for sure. That self-discipline, right? And then surrender to accountability. Whatever team you're on or brokerage you're within, making sure that it's got a 
enough structure that you can rely on it for for helping you get to that next level. Yeah, for sure. And that's one of the things that I, I like about Thrive too is the accountability. I think Brendan mentioned that accountability is like the you know highest form highest of love form or of something love. like that. Yes. So, uh, and it's true. And then other agents I've talked to, you know, that are all at different places in their careers. Um, I think that's one thing that they they say they crave. They're like, yeah, I want more accountability. But um, some people, when they get more accountability, then they, you know, some buy yeah. into it, and some of them just resist. So, yeah. but it's you do have to be disciplined and have that accountability to do the things it takes to be successful in the business. You can't wing it. You can't just expect it to fall in your lap. Even me, when I got my license, I'm just like I'm, I'm winging it. That it was just gonna all yes. fall into lap into my lap and be easy. And I think <clears> a lot of people who aren't in real estate have that misconception of the, the agent stereotypes that they see on social media or on TV or whatever. It's just, we just make all this money. It's just so easy. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you know, there's a lot more that goes into it that people don't realize. You know? so, so much more. Yeah. I always say that it's so easy to be a flash in the pan in yeah. real estate. Anybody can come here and have fast success, yeah. but it's the sustainable success rate yeah. that is staggering, right? Yeah. It's that 85% reducing and yeah. leaving and exiting by year two because sustaining that is challenging. Yeah. And it is truly who you are surrounded with. Do you have the mentorship? Do you have the, the tools and resources? We've talked a lot about that. Yeah. And if you don't, are you around people that are willing to get those for you or help you understand what that next step is? So right, for sure, it's huge. Yeah. Consistency now, is the key. Definitely. It so, is. Yeah. It is consistency and accountability. Yeah. Um, what you said, you like to read a lot and you mm. listen to a lot of audible. Me yeah. too. So okay. I have a funny story about that. And then I want to hear about your favorite book in the okay. last six months. Yeah. Um, I listen so much to Audible and read so often over TV and mm. radio yeah. that on the way here on Monday, I heard a song called You Girl by Walker Hayes. Okay. And I was like, oh, Walker Hayes came out with a new jam. This is exciting. <laughs> Brought it into the office. They're like, Jess, this has been on the radio for at least two months. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I thought Where it was brand new. <laughs> but that's how often I'm listening to Audible versus yeah. the radio in the car. For sure. So what's what's your number one read or listen in the last six months? Um, so, the, I mean, there's a few. I mean, I... I was the same way before I'd listen to Audible. I'd listen to the music or the sports talk radio mm -hmm. and just got tired of hearing about the, how bad the Lions lost or whatever. Yes. And, um, you know, really dove into Audible and it's cool that they got different badges you can earn and listening levels. And yes. I'm almost at the master level. Master level is 500 hours. I'm like 10 hours away from it. Nice. So, um, but yeah, I listen to, um, you know, books all the time. I would say, the Chris Smith books, um, you know, exactly yeah. what to say and the conversion code have been big. There's a couple of Michael Mayer books that I like, uh, The Seven Levels of Communication and uh, The Miracle Morning for Real Estate Agents. I actually uh, watched one of the videos you did recently and um, um, added that one book to my wish list, the one that okay. I didn't have yet. I think it was the uh, Motivation, Motivation Manifesto. Manifesto. Excellent yeah. book. So I have a mentor that lives and dies by that book. He yeah. can be on a mountain somewhere and he cracks the book open and yeah. kind of takes that moment of meditated, you know, taking it in. And it's an excellent one. It's one you just kind of keep on you at all times and yeah. reference when you need it. Yeah, it's, it's just, I'm always learning while I'm driving. I, f I figure agents, we spend a lot of time on the road driving. Why not listen to something that's going to help you grow? I think a lot of the audiobooks I've listened to are part of the reason that I've been as successful as I have. Um, because I'm learning things that a lot of other agents aren't tapping into. A lot of yeah. other agents aren't doing that. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, thanks for joining yeah. us today. We're so pumped that thank you're here you. with us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yes. For sure. I'm looking well, forward to all the growth. So. Me too. Awesome. I'm pumped to serve you.